0: On the eve of his crucifixion, Jesus prays to his father. I have given them your word, and the world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them from the world, but you keep them from the evil one. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm your host, Nate Gazau, and you're listening to Aliens on Earth. Please stick around, we've got a very special episode just for you. Hey everyone, welcome back. I want to wish you a happy new year from your Aliens on Earth family. Welcome back to this episode. This is episode 11. It's up to me to keep growing. I want to ask you a question. Do you ever find yourself starting something and then stopping after a while and then starting something else and stopping after a while and then starting something else and then stopping after a while. I think you catch my drift. You've had like 39 jobs, 289 hobbies, and you are or were the CEO to 7 LLCs that didn't even see the light of day and all within the last past year. I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you're either thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy," or you know, you're thinking, yeah, I could relate. And, you know, to those of you who have had one job your whole life, you've played an instrument for 21 years, you've had a successful business for 17 years, you may think, uh, I don't really relate. But in one way, shape or form, we can relate to this. We've all at one point started something but for whatever reason just never followed through to see it to completion. I believe in our modern world everything is sort of based around our convenience. There's so many life hacks, tips and tricks, shortcuts. You know think smarter not harder. In a way through all this sort of tidbits of knowledge and quick fixes and and Get rich quick or get what you want in a quarter of the time type of information that we get. Laziness has sort of crept in, and the inability to withstand any amount of pressure or discomfort has kind of kept us from ever really committing to something or to someone. It's like we want to do better, we desire change, but We can't seem to ever really break out of our need for comfort and desire to feel good all the time. You know, honestly, though, how many commitments have we made, whether it's to ourselves or to God or, you know, someone else that we've failed to come through on. It's almost like we're willing to do anything as long as it doesn't cost us anything. Time, money, our sleep, we're all about doing the least amount of work. Commitment, that word itself, for some of us, it's like a cuss word. It seems like a prison sentence or, you know, simply because it requires so much from us, it makes us uncomfortable. I want to present to you three principles from scripture that could really put us on the path to moving forward forward to breaking past that cycle of starting and then stopping. Break us free. Break us out of our comfort. This comfortable, all about convenience sort of crisis that we're in, I believe. And honestly, I feel that that's kept us from all of God's wonderful plans, all of his amazing promises that he has for us, to growth to longevity, to be able to actually follow through in our faith, in our daily life activities. So follow with me. The first principle is we must count the cost. We must know what it's going to take for us to get there. Jesus is teaching in Luke chapter 14, starting from verse 25. Now large crowds are going along with him and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough? complete it otherwise when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish all who are watching it will begin to ridicule him saying this person began to build and was not able to finish or what king when he sets out to meet another king in battle will not first sit down and consider whether he's strong enough with ten thousand men to face one coming against him with twenty thousand otherwise while the other one is still far away He sends a delegation and requests terms of peace. So then, none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all he owns, all his possessions. And he goes on to tell them, you know, what good is salt if it loses its flavor? Can it be made salty again? No, it has to be thrown out. Really, Jesus uses some pretty harsh words like hate your family in your own life. Jesus is putting an emphasis on the cost of discipleship. He's saying, you got to know what it's going to cost you. You got to sit down, think it through. This thing is not an emotional decision that you're making here. You can't just decide, oh yeah, I'm in. And then you decide, oh no, I'm out. It goes deeper than an emotional decision. If it's emotional, if you just follow me based off of hype, yeah, you'll start. You'll lay the foundation and then you won't be able to continue when that hype fades off and then people will look at you crazy, like what's going on? But he's putting an emphasis on what are you willing to lose? Large crowds would follow Jesus everywhere he went. And you know, they would show up for the food and the miracles and then they'd dip out and they would show up again when it's convenient for them and they'd leave again. And Jesus is letting them know that it doesn't work that way. In order to be a true disciple of mine, you have to know that this is gonna cost you everything even your life. There's no comfortable way to do this. Otherwise, you'll never finish the race. There's a reason why Jesus said you must hate your mother and father and spouse and children. He's not saying to actually hate them. He's saying that if it came down to being my disciple or following the path that your wife or parents have for you that may be conflicting with mine, which would you choose? He's saying that If you don't first sit down and reason through that this may cost you, this may cost you your family, they may want to kick you out, they may disown you. If you don't sit and count the cost in advance, you may come a short distance and not be able to continue because you haven't thought it through. He tells them it's of utmost importance that you must count the cost. You will start and if you don't count the cost, you'll be led away. After you've counted the cost, after you've realized the price that must be paid, you then make a decision, right? Is it worth it? Do I become a disciple? Do I do this? Do I move forward? Or what do I do? And that leads me to that to my second principle. You must make a concrete decision. You must draw the line in the sand saying, I have counted the cost. I know what this thing is going to cost. And I've decided that, yes, I will be a disciple. Yes, I will follow. There must be a point where you declare. There's an example in Joshua chapter 24. He declares to the people of Israel a very profound and bold decision. Um, If we read along, it says, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and do away with the God's which your forefathers served beyond the euphrates river and in egypt and serve the lord but if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the lord choose for yourself today whom you will serve whether the gods which your forefathers served which were beyond the euphrates river or the gods of the amorites in whose land you are living but he says a bold statement right here he says but as for me and my house we will serve the lord joshua stands on this decision he draws the line in the sand and says hey look do what you will either you'll serve the god of your ancestors the people you know back across the euphrates or the god of the people on whose land you live now but as for me and my house we will serve the lord and in verse 16 the people respond back to joshua they say the people answered and said." Far be it from us that we would abandon the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt. In other words, the cost is too high. The price that was paid. We can't turn our backs on God. And they're saying from the house of slaves. And he did these great signs in our sight and watched over us through all the way in which we went and among all the people through whose midst we passed the lord drove out before us all the people and even the amorites who lived in the land we also will serve the lord for he is our god so these people made a decision because the cost that was paid for them what god had done to save them from their oppressors they hold on to that. They remember that now they count the cost and they say, you know what, whatever it takes, we will serve the Lord. We've made up our mind. Our decision is set. We will not turn our backs on the one who looked out for us. You know, Joshua also remembers that price and makes his decision after you count the cost after your mind is made up there's a shift your focus begins to shift it no longer becomes about your comfort or your convenience or even about the commitment itself now you're focused on the mission ahead and you'll do whatever it takes which leads me to the third principle we must put in the work. Growth doesn't just happen. It takes work. Now, as believers, we often use the excuse that our salvation is not by works and, you know, that it's by grace. That Grace did it all. Yeah, you know, we're saved through grace, but our growth takes work. Our growth takes labor. There's growing pains that we have to experience. The beauty of it is that we don't labor in vain. We don't labor aimlessly. God has given us everything we need to be successful. We just need to tap into it. And in 2 Peter verse 1, Peter tells us that God has given us everything that pertains to life. To those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord verse 3 let's pay attention to this he says for his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence you know a friend of mine shared a sermon with me a while ago and the pastor gives this amazing example uh, he says when a sperm and an egg come together, life is formed. Everything that that baby needs at that point to become a full-grown man or woman is already provided in there. Although it's at a different form of life, it's at a different stage of life, nevertheless, everything, all the potential that that baby has or that that you know girl or boy has is already there The mom and dad are not you know, running around trying to find a nose after a certain time and running around trying to find arms and legs to place on the baby. It's already there, it just hasn't developed yet. As long as the mother puts in the effort to eat food, nourish her body, drink, sleep, that child will eventually grow and be born. And even after birth, as that mother and father put in that work to nurture that baby, that baby will grow into being an adult let's look back on verse 4 it says through these things he has granted us the precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is of the world on account of lust now for this reason it says also applying all diligence here's the part where we have to work So it says, God has given us everything we need pertaining to life. So with that example, it's like everything that we need is right there. But it doesn't mean that we don't have anything to do. We don't have a part to play in order for us to grow, in order for us to tap into and receive the things that God has placed for us. We need to grow in our faith. We need to grow in these things. And he lists off things that we need to do in order to grow in our faith. It says, now for this reason, it says, apply diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self control, and in your self control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness and in your godliness brotherly kindness and in your brotherly kindness love you know oftentimes when we accept christ and you know we become new believers we assume that that's it that's all there is but what happens is when we fail to grow in our knowledge of god that's when we start and we become unable to continue unable to finish When we stop growing in our self-control, when we stop growing in perseverance, godliness, we are not able to finish the race. We are not able to grow. That's why in Peter, he says, be diligent. He says, diligently add these things. In other words, you must work in order for these things to happen. They don't just happen. Growth doesn't just happen. And it's like, you know, you if you want to know God more then study scripture, dig deeper, understand the Bible, not just on a surface level. Don't just memorize random scriptures. Understand the context. Self-control doesn't just happen to you. You have to practice it just as the prior example. The baby has all the potential. But unless the work is put in by the parents, that baby will never grow to see that full potential and going into verse 8 says for if these qualities are yours and are increasing they do not make you useless nor unproductive in the true knowledge of our lord jesus christ it says for the one who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted having forgotten his purification from his former sins so he states a heavy emphasis that if you're not growing you're really not doing anything you've grown blind you've lost sight of the mission you've lost focus on what it all is about so it is imperative you must grow in your faith you must grow in the knowledge of god because it's there that you can tap into the promises of god it's there that you can tap into the growth and all the things that god has for you otherwise you will never reach the potential the god has for you and it says be all the more diligent to make certain about this to make certain about this calling and choice for you for as long as you practice these things you will never stumble for in this way the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ will be abundantly supplied to you So never stop working, never stop doing these good things to grow in faith and to grow in our knowledge of God, because it's there that we get the resources to enter into the promises that God has for us. And I'll end with this again. It'll be like a man on a journey who was called his servants and entrusted them his wealth to one. He gave five bags of gold to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went out at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also did the one with two bags of gold. He gained two more. But the one who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you have entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Pay attention to this. Now in verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid the gold ditch in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant." So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money in deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received back interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever has will be given more and they will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be sweeping and gnashing of teeth guys stepping into this new year i want to challenge you to stop making excuses as to why you're unable to commit to god and grow in your faith the cost is just too high christ paid the price with his life so that you may have eternal life this part you didn't and cannot earn it's a free gift But your growth from simply being a believer into a disciple is totally on you. Is the price that was paid for your sins, isn't it worth putting him above all and growing closer to him, being like him? Then make a decision today and begin working diligently for your growth. This applies to every aspect of our lives, honestly. God has given many of us gifts and talents But because we're so wrapped up in our comfort, and our convenience, maybe even fear, we never step out and really push ourselves beyond our comfort zone. It's awkward. It's going through things that you've never experienced. It's uncomfortable. But growth is necessary in order to have longevity. Imagine going to the gym and lifting a max of 10 pounds on every machine, but doing this every day for three months you'd get discouraged and quit because it's too easy and you won't get any results there's no growth in it in order to see the gains you have to lift heavier weights and that's uncomfortable and it's painful but that's the path to growth and i want to encourage you to do something get uncomfortable stop putting limitations on your potential God has given you everything you need pertaining to life. It's up to you to tap into it. Are you seeking peace, joy, belonging, purpose? Grow in the knowledge of God and those things will come to life, but you have to put the work in. God will not force your hand. You know, it's already there for you. Do you have plans on learning a new trade? starting school, getting in shape, whatever that may be, count the cost. Be honest with yourself. Are you satisfied with where you are? If not, don't wait on God to push you. Make sure you have the resources to get it done. Make a plan and make a decision. Draw the line in the sand. Make up your mind and say enough is enough and get to work. Plans and decisions without actions are useless, but So are actions without plans and decisions. That just means you're emotional. Don't be stuck on starting. Make a plan and run. God is with you. If you've enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, please download them, share them with your friends, comment, tell us what you think, and most of all, tune in next week as we have a brand new episode just for you. This is Aliens on Earth. And until next time, I'm your host, Nate Gazelle.